0: From American Salon Magazine and.com, I'm Gordon Miller, and this is American Salon Stories, our weekly podcast featuring some of the most interesting people we know. So today's guest is a member of an elite group of social media quote unquote stars, those who have a half a million or more followers. She's an educator specializing in bridal hair and updos, just gorgeous hair that inspires others to create and importantly also to build their careers and businesses. Frequently on the road sharing her wisdom and techniques and always online. She's not only a brilliant artist and teacher, but I'm excited to say she's also very much a geek and more on that in a minute. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Heather Chapman, a.k.a. at Heather Chapman Hair. Hi, Gordon. (laughs) Hi, Heather. (laughs) I know this is not your most comfortable platform. We've talked for a while about yanking you out of your home and into the podcast space. So thank you for being here with us.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: So I want you to start out by by talking a little bit about kind of what you're up to today. Um, both you're on the road a lot, we know. Um, I want you to share with our audience kind of the short version of that. And then what does your online life look like?
1: So... Um, this year, I'm trying to slow down a little bit with the hands-on workshops, and I'm kind of in a pivotal moment with that. I'm doing one more in Dallas in July. I just did Houston and Austin, and then I'm going to do, I think, two in Orange County, and those are going to be my last hands-on workshops. And I'm going to be moving into demo only, which sounds better if you say look and learn, <laughs> and because um, <laughs> that only word sounds like less. <laughs> and. Um, and then also, um, more into business and digital, which is my baby. I love. And then online, there's so much going on with Instagram and Snapchat. That's just where I'm at. I just, I live there. I don't really do YouTube, anything else except for those two, because there's so many more added features now. And it's just a a lot to keep up with. And I think those are the two front runners for me anyways. And so I like to be on Instagram and Snapchat, constantly trying to keep up with their new additions or things that they're getting rid of Mm as
0: well. Mm -hmm. And you have a subscription program.
1: I do. I have a subscription site. I started a year ago this month.
0: And so... You and you kind of said this, but you're kind of morphing some of your educational offers offerings to include education around social and and digital. And so, what inspired that?
1: Well, back to that geek intro we were talking about. Um, who knew? But I love it. I love marketing. I love I love digital social media as much as it stresses me out and consumes my life. I also really enjoy it. And so when I'm teaching these hands-on workshops, you know, I'm teaching hairstyling and I'm like the hair directs this way. But what's really wanting to come out of my mouth is how are we going to take her picture? What kind of lighting? What, you know, like all of the business aspects that go into promoting your work After you've done some stellar hair or makeup, whatever, on your model, how do you photograph it? And there's just a million things that go along with that. And for me, I feel like if you don't document your work, it doesn't exist because you need the client to see it. And if you don't document it, then it doesn't exist. And then if you document it poorly, then technically it still doesn't exist because people will skim right over that. And we want them to stop on your photo or video. So I'm always uh, catching myself wanting to talk more about business during my, my hands on workshops. So I'm like dragging this hairstyle out for like, an, for an hour and a half. But that's because I want to keep talking about business and travel and pricing. And I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's like, it really needs to be two different classes.
0: And it's so important. I mean, there's been such a focus for such a long time on the technical side of the business. And, right? And for so many, it's it's just kind of what they love and where they hang their hat. and No matter how good they are they want to go back and get more technical education Mm -hmm. and yet they perhaps leave some of these classes not being able to market what they learned
1: yeah it blew my mind because i was in austin of all places right tech forward Austin and I asked my class I was like I was like what's this and I held up a, a sticker I had made that had my snap code on it and maybe one person was like snap code and no one knew that you could uh which oh no one knew what the algorithm what algorithm was on Instagram no one knew what that was what it meant that blew my mind that one that one sent me over the edge I was like okay we have to be talking about this and then the snap code you know people didn't people don't know that you can make a custom snap code to take you not only to your own snapchat page but you can make a custom snap code that can take you to a website it just gives me goosebumps it's it's so crazy and I am such a geek I'm like I have goosebumps right now (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you are a geek, and I, I love it. We're, we're jumping right into the deep end of the geek pool. <laughs> yes,
1: so, I'm sorry. I
0: know. No, okay,
1: I'll I love back it. it up. No, I,
0: I love it. But before we dive all the way in, let's give a little bit about the backstory because I think importantly, you don't work behind the chair. You're no longer in the salon, and you've dedicated yourself fully to this. But there. There was something before you did this. So just give us a quick version of that.
1: Okay. So I was like, I got licensed in 2006 and I worked at night till two in the morning. I got up and I drove an hour to school every morning and I did that whole thing, single mom. And I finished beauty school, got my license, and I was in and out of salons, a lot of like Regis, JC Penny. And if it wasn't maybe those kind of salons, it was where my particular stylists work. And, and that was the opposite end of the spectrum, which was very high-end salon, very trendy, cool. And that's kind of what I quote unquote grew up in. I really like that. So that leaned me, even though I'm like very tattooed and et cetera, I lean towards like the, what's it called? Like uptown high end bombshell looking type of hair. And then with updos, I just loved putting things and I just I just gravitated towards it ever since I was in beauty school. That's what I wanted to do was style the hair. So, I worked in salons. We lived in Oklahoma. And I got pregnant with my son. And so I had a real difficult pregnancy and I didn't, I didn't work during that time. And so I stayed at home on my mannequin all the time and I was, oh yeah. And so that's where I really started doing a lot of updo work on my mannequin, practicing and taking pictures of it. So we'll back up to the documenting of my work. I am a very, everything I do, I do it from the eyes of a consumer. So I'm like, okay, I'm a consumer. What would, would I like this? Would I not like this? When I got my own hair cut and colored, I was, I'm the worst client. Oh my God. I am so, <laughs> pi- I am so picky. I will travel to, I mean, I'll travel across the U.S. just for a haircut from one person, another state for color from another per- I'm just insane. So when I started trying to build a book, I, I knew I was like, well, let me take pictures of my work you know, my before and after of this cut and color and this gorgeous blowout. So my so these clients and these women that I want to build my book can see the work that I do beforehand, and then not feel afraid coming to me because I knew I was always scared um, to go to a new colorist or cutter pre social media, because I didn't know what their portfolio looked like. And I'd always not always, but usually end up in tears because I was like, I don't want any blunt lines, you know, and <laughs> I just, I'm so picky. And so that's why I started documenting my work, was because I wanted people to feel safe coming to me. And then it just snowballed from there. And I always, and then I loved seeing my work in print. I mean, this story could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing my work in print. What can I do to continue seeing my work in print uh, and get paid for it since I live in Oklahoma? Weddings. So I started doing weddings, moved to New Mexico. It basically went like salon. I worked in the salon, then I did salon and weddings. Then I did salon and weddings. Then I did just weddings. Then I did weddings and independent education. And then I did just independent education. So I kept making these, these pivots along the way. So for four years, I lived in New Mexico and my bridal market was in Santa Fe, which was three and a half hours one way. And for two years, I did that, drove to Santa Fe for my um, destination bridal market. And then I started teaching. And now I'm doing digital.
0: <laughs> there's there's a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say breathe. There, there's a lot in there, and and I made some notes because there's some really good stuff. You know, so the, the pivots. You know, that is so important. Um, you know, the average person who comes into this business, they they last three or four years and they leave the career. Most of them. Really I've before. seen that
1: even with friends. Yeah.
0: There's two things you said that to me are just critical around this idea, and you know about having longevity in career and surviving that really difficult beginning. And one. One was what you did when you were pregnant that practicing on the mannequin. Mm-hmm. I always say to young people, if, if you don't own three or four mannequins and you're not using them all the time, every spare moment you have that first couple of years, and, and I think every hairdresser should have a closet full of mannequins for the rest of their career, you know. but if you're not practicing in the beginning and have that kind of commitment that you had, you know, whether it was because you had the time because you were pregnant or otherwise, the chances of you making it are, are a lot slimmer.
1: Well, it's like, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean.
0: I like that. <laughs> I've never heard that, by the way. I like that. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, The, um, and then, and then the pivots, you know, that's, that's a big deal because again, people sometimes, and I don't know if, if your pivots were a function of just a vision of what you wanted next or whether there was some angst about where you were.
1: So there's some angst, like I'm a little uh, overstimulated easily. So, you know, like if I'm doing hair and somebody's talking a lot of political stuff next to me and I have no control over what I hear, what my Client hears, or so I was always so protective of my clients. It was like borderline obsession, and it was a little uncomfortable for me just at times, and also just like all the noises, um, just was a little bit overwhelming for me sometimes. So I'm like a small dog, you know. I need to just be in a closet, you know, <laughs> to feel safe, and um, and then also I have. Um, some issues mechanically with my body. So it became very uncomfortable, like leaning over to shampoo, um, you know, drawing the hair up and, you know, a 90, you know, 180 degree or 145 degree, that heavy wet hair, that motion over and over, I would come home in tears a lot. So the dry hair that I would work on for weddings uh, was just physically more comfortable for me as well. And I think it helped Take my mind off of if I was in any discomfort because I was just happier with what I was doing.
0: I love that. That's self awareness, and again, another important um, trait I think in building a really long, sustainable career. So I, I love that. You also talked about you know the consumer having you know kind of the eyes of the consumer, which I think is a mm-hmm. g- is a real is a real gift. And you made that comment about the fear that you had and other consumers have, and. To me, that's a really important point. I think hairdressers often forget about that, that there is a fear in going to someone. You have a lot of power in your hands to make us look great or possibly not when you're an unknown. our
1: lives for the next six months. Yeah, when you're, when
0: you're an <laughs> unknown entity. So clients do go in with fear, which I think, and no one's said this to me before, I think it speaks to a lot to why Instagram for our business has taken off.
1: Even for me, I'm like, Ooh, who can I pick? Look at all this pretty balayage. You know, it's just like, it makes me so much more like I can breathe. I can, now I can just choose. And that was what was cool because living, you know, in New Mexico and doing these destination weddings, brides were coming from all over the United States. And so a lot of times we didn't have this opportunity to do a trial. But they didn't need to because they felt safe because I had this enormous portfolio on Instagram and my website.
0: It's a game changer. You know, I did a presentation recently just talking about trying to get people to understand how powerful all this is. And and I kind of compare it to the big trends in the industry, the the invention of hair color as an example, the, the Sassoon revolution, you know, if you will, in the 60s. I think that this social revolution, if you will, that's happening now is as big as those things. It's completely turning the industry upside down in a positive way. And empowering so many people.
1: A hundred percent. And it, I don't know, it just opens up a lot of opportunity for those that are just willing to do the work. You know, it doesn't, it kind of eliminates a little bit of the gatekeeper thing, you know? And I think that's awesome because somebody in Oklahoma, for instance, or new farming to New Mexico, how am I supposed to know, like the creme de la creme in New York and LA? Like I just live in the middle of nowhere right now. That was great. You know, if I can do it from, like, first of all, I'm 42. I'm probably like one of the oldest large pages on Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're a baby. (laughs) But
1: still, like, I want people out there to know that, like, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter. Like, I totally am tattooed and I do wedding hair. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, your age, like. That's another thing that social media is just changing everything. As long as you've got some, you've got some talent, you've got some hustle, there you go.
0: Yep, it's, it's really powerful. So I, I love to ask everybody this question, and that is, what is the best advice anybody's ever given to you professionally, um, and, and why that, you think that advice might be relevant to our audience?
1: So the best advice I've ever gotten, and I honestly think it's some of the only advice I've ever gotten, is charge it, they'll pay. And at the time, I didn't really know what she meant. She was my mentor. She was taking me under her wing. And all I knew is that I was new out of beauty school and I was working in a high-end salon. And I, that's what I thought she meant. You know, it was charge it, they'll pay. High-end, okay, I'll do that. But today, I, I still like it as that, but today I look at it as that whole charge, what you think you're worth, it's up to you to go out and figure out how to do it. But do your best to get rid of the fear behind charging a certain number. Like you think you're worth that number, but you're kind of afraid because you think people might not pay it. I still struggle with that. And so I always catch myself like, okay, if I'm going to preach this, I got to do it. And I do it. So I still get afraid too. But I also know that that's what I think I'm worth. I think it's more like what do you think you're worth? Not what am I worth? Who knows? So what I think I'm worth, I'll charge it.
0: So this, it's so funny that you bring this up. So just, I don't know, an hour or so ago, I posted onto Instagram, my little daily post for the day. and, And what it says is how to price your art. And in my post, I said, replace art with services, please. But it says, factor in your time, your materials, the history of your art, all of your hopes and dreams, everything you've made before or think you'll do when you have time versus the bad answer, reality it's only worth what someone besides your mother will pay for it and so to your to your point it's that what great advice they gave you what great great advice for our audience and again it's it's like one of the biggest blocks that people in this industry have and one of the reasons that people don't get paid what they're worth
1: yeah I'm really lucky because I had that information and um you know I was naive and so I heard that and I was like okay And then, then along comes like Tabitha coffee. And I was obsessed with her show forever. And she was real big on not discounting. And so I was like, okay, so I just, I never did discounts and I I either charged it or I'd do it for free.
0: So you and I first got to know each other casually through Hairbrained, I believe, mm-hmm. and became aware of one another and became part of that community. We were both active. And then we met for the first time, well, I think the only time in person in Chicago. Oh, yeah, Josh
1: and, yeah. <laughs> with Josh
0: Flowers and Katie <laughs> yeah, Butler. and
1: Katie. We had sushi.
0: We had sushi and great conversation. Mm-hmm. And you shared a little bit about kind of what inspired you to really jump into Instagram. And it just kind of blew my mind. I don't know if you remember that story. Um,
1: Refresh my memory.
0: Sorry. Um, it sounds ha- good. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, it had to do with what you saw Katie doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember.
1: <laughs> okay. Um yeah. So when I very first started Instagram, like the makeup artists I was working with, they're like, what's your Instagram? And I was like, Ugh, I don't have Instagram, whatever, you know, I had like this weird attitude about it. And then I got on Instagram. And, I, you know, my first picture was of our Christmas tree. I was like, look, you know, my first <laughs> picture. So proud, and right? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. With the filter. That was amazing. Yep. And um, okay, so there was this joke, sorry, we're gonna have an ADD moment. There's this joke back in the day that was like, how much does a hipster way, an Instagram.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. I like that.
1: It was way back when it was brand new anyways. Um, but Katie, so Katie butts, she, um, uh, AKA Caitlin Butler. She had all these followers. She had like, you know, I'm not even trying to be like rude or anything. Like literally I still, I just, it was amazing. She had like over 5,000 followers and everybody was hanging out with her. And I was like, Oh, this chick is so cool. I was like, I'm jealous, you know? So I was like, I want a lot of followers. So I don't know. I just started posting pictures, but that's what I thought when I saw her page. I just, I just thought she was so cool, and I wanted that. I was like, she's really cool. She's one of the cool kids. I'm a cool kid. I want to be one of the cool kids, so... I want to have a lot of followers, like follow her at Katie, Butts. she's, she's under my, she's in my friends list.
0: I adore her and Josh. Mm-hmm. And um and it I was, still
1: think she's that cool.
0: <laughs> well, she is. And you know, she's really, know. Blo- she's really blowing up in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because she is now out there educating. I'm um, so proud of her. Me too. Me too. Um, she's, there's all kinds of great stuff to to come from Katie. So you, it was a fairly, quick trajectory up for you in Instagram? When I look at, you know, everybody that's out there happening, I mean, you you really started to progress quickly. And you, the workshops, did the Instagram kind of, was that the catalyst for getting out on the road?
1: Well, you know, I didn't, I guess I just thought I wanted to do it. I was going to a hairdresser in Albuquerque who worked for Aveda for a long time. And then he was with, the, now he's with a Rojo and he educates. His name is David Gatt and he's an unbelievable hair cutter. I'm obsessed. I literally want to go from Texas to New Mexico for my haircuts. And I liked that. Again, here's somebody doing something that I want to do that I thought was cool. So, you know, I just let him inspire me. And the main thing was that it wasn't necessarily, oh, I have this audience now on Instagram. So let me try some education. It was like, okay, I am having the hardest time finding what I need to find on YouTube for myself to study. So I was like, if that's the case, if I'm having a hard time finding it, that means other people are having a hard time finding it. I can't have that, right? <laughs> so I get real dramatic and then I started teaching because I was like, this is a preposterous. So I started teaching and then that worked out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes it did. So so let's talk social media because you're really passionate about the subject from an educational perspective as you said earlier. Now you're getting out there and you're starting to teach and to share. So if you had to pick Let's say top three kind of pieces of advice, top three things that that someone needs to know as a foundation to being good at social. What would you say?
1: Well, so we'll just say for Instagram, because platforms that we know are different. One thing I noticed is one time when I took a hiatus for a month, that was bad. Things started declining. So you have to be present, Not, I mean, yeah, maybe consistent, but you have to be present. You can't just like split or just hardly ever post. That's just not going to work. Like, you have, I guess, yes, consistent. But I've pulled back to being okay with posting only two to three times a week as opposed to every single day. And what a burden that takes off because it's, um, I have to have a model. I can't, you know, like some people can do their own makeup. They are their own brand. But like I have to get a person over to my house like all the time. (laughs) It's kind of hard. I don't work in a salon. Honestly, it's got to be this one's kind of every day, but it's got to be lighting, 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 lighting. I'm going to be talking about that more in my business workshops on Instagram Live. And I still struggle with it here in Houston, because it's one of the cloudiest cities in the in the US. And the clouds move really fast. So as I'm doing a video, literally, I have these light fluctuations in and out. So I'm um, using my iPhone. So I'm going to go ahead and start investing in learning uh, photography and videography so I can just get a better quality picture and light. So I have a light set up with a couple of soft boxes, but I'm just looking for a specific light that really I just find best outdoors in natural light with my model underneath some shade, like out, out of Direct sun, so I need her in the shade, but outside. that's so far has been my best light. I guess taste level, like maybe what, just not like I mean, and I mean it's head to toe. So model, make her, make sure she's a cute model, and then hair, like the shape of it. Uh, like for instance, Guy Tang would be a good, you know, like he has the mo- the hair is always placed just so, right? So that's shape. So the shape of the updo, the shape of like, what does the shape look like? Is it wonky? Like you have to like. Basically, it's not like oh, you have bad taste. You have to like train your eye. What is engaging? What what looks good? Does the put two pictures together? Which one looks better? Aim towards that shape better. So work on your shapes. What is your model wearing? What how is she standing? Just like like I said, head to toe from the top of the picture to the bottom of the picture. What is the feeling? What is the vibe? And is it when I look at it, does it create like? an emotion for me. Do I think she looks cool or pr- like the picture, the photo itself needs to create in oh, who sees it. And that's hard work.
0: <laughs> so in all these things, to me, like go back to the kind of the big why, you know, of all of this, because I, I do hear from people, oh, you know, it's so much work. And, oh, mm-hmm. I have to, so you know, why, why does anybody do this? Why would I do this? And those of us, you know, who really pay attention, you know, we see people who are exploding their careers, who are saving their careers, who are doubling and tripling their income um, over time or, or increasing their income 10 or 20 percent, but. They're making an investment in themselves by getting good lighting, by learning about lighting, by by taking the time, by by doing all the kind of things you're you're talking about. So in, in when you're out there talking to people about it, you know, any thoughts about you know that big why question? do you do you think most people are starting to get it?
1: Okay, so for me, I think that there needs to be some sort of bit of like level of OCD, because for me to even hear the word why doesn't compute in my mind. Like, what do you like? Why? Why wouldn't you is like my would be my response. Like, I don't understand that. But to answer it is because you are running a business that that's literally like my only answer. And for me, social media gave me a job. Like I have a whole different job now than I did when I first started. So that would be another reason why I like, I'm a big person on how I like how for me to ask why doesn't really get me very far. So I like how.
0: So talk about that for a minute. So when someone is thinking, so they've got their why figured out, you know, they're like, okay, I want to do this, but I have no clue how, like, where would someone start?
1: (laughs) That's a funny question for me again, because it's like, sometimes I don't even have my why or my how figured out. Like (laughs) I'm literally just coasting sometimes. So honestly, like I do have one life coach that I like, and she just says, just, start. Just start somewhere. Where to start? Since I said Instagram and Snapchat earlier, start there. And just uh, Nina Kovner says this, just push buttons until you figure it out. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> shout out to and Nina. We love shout Nina. Out.
1: Well, I mean, it works. That's how I've learned, it. again, back to the 42 thing. Sorry to all the 42-year-olds, but this one over here, like, I got to push all the buttons until I figure out how it works. Like, It takes a minute. So it can be overwhelming. But I think that's the problem is the platforms can be overwhelming, especially Snapchat. I'm building my Snapchat now because I don't know what's going to happen with Instagram. Look at MySpace. Just keep that in mind. You know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Instagram someday. I'm not going to just rest. So um, I'm trying to build up my Snapchat. Plus, Snapchat's totally fun.
0: <laughs> now, because because you're 42, you know what MySpace is. Some of our younger, li- <laughs> some of our younger listeners... i got not blowing my mind. I don't close my mind. But it's it's true. Okay,
1: Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and look what happened has happened to Facebook even though maybe the numbers are like through the roof. For me, I'm not I know a lot of people that aren't even on Facebook anymore. And so, personally, I think that Facebook, well, it's possible for it to just be like my sp- and I just think that it'll be cyclical like that, you know, as the world turns, it'll just keep coming up with the next thing, and that's fine, but you got to keep up with it. And so just start no matter what it doesn't matter i mean yeah it matters what your pictures look like but just start anyways and you'll just get better like my videos for my subscription site please i'm filming them myself some of them really suck but the education is really good and i'm going to eventually go through you know and get it more quality but i just started it because i wanted to do it i thought it was cool I wanted to check it out and just, just start. That's all. That's the best advice I can give is just start. You'll figure it out as you go.
0: And I, you know, I, I think a good metaphor for this, which everybody understands is anything that's technical in the life of a hairdresser or someone being in a salon, you know, something that you're, you know, you're not doing a lot of men's haircutting, um, just start just go start do it right take some classes but you have to oh, start yeah. and i think it's it's the same analogy and i think most most of us get that you know they, we get it in maybe expanding the way we look at what we already do you know it's like you're jumping into to balayage for the first time you know so okay learn some basics and, and start and you will get better in time same for social media
1: yeah 100% because i believe that the universe will just open those doors for you like i love what you said that's a great answer just go take a class like i still take classes and who knows what that m- may lead to, but just start. So um, yeah, I wouldn't just like, you know, give everything up and, you know, like do like I did, like stay in one while, you know, it's like you don't quit one job until you have the other, or you can go for it if you're feeling risky, but just, just start, just start educating yourself. It's all about education, no matter what it is. It's all about educating yourself, business, tech, technique, social media, you have to educate yourself
0: how do you stay motivated because you are kind of living that independent life it's not for everybody And it does take, I think, a lot of self-motivation. And I think if maybe speak to it from the perspective of just, again, our audience and anybody who might be feeling a little bit blocked. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, for me, I'm really motivated by my models. They they give me a fix, right? So they come over, they're young, they're pretty, they dress cool. Then I do their hair and the hair looks cool and the picture looks cool. And when I see it, it's kind of like, eating an Oreo, right? It's just, it does something for my dopamine receptors. And I really like it. So it's almost like I'm using my models (laughs) like a drug. Sorry. But, but I'm really inspired by my models. I love meeting new models. So as far as as networking goes, models are first on my list. I am a huge advocate for models. I 100% attribute my success to models that I've worked on throughout my career on Instagram. So all of you, Thank you so, so much. You made me what I am today. And then, of course, makeup artists. I love them as well.
0: So really kind of going back to the foundation of the work in those pictures again, right? It's just having the right model, the right lighting, all all that stuff and really focusing on quality kind of, of outcome. But it begins with the model.
1: For me, it does. I, I'm... And not just like her face, like it needs to be her hair. <laughs> it's really about her hair too. And that's what's really cool. I think it's kind of like, again, back to the models and what keeps me me motivated is that, first of all, I just like it. You have to at least like what you do. And I really like it. So another thing that keeps me really motivated is models that I haven't met before. And that is because they have a different hair texture. They have different length, thickness, texture, color. And so I can do the same hairstyle on... 10 different girls, and it'll just kind of come out a little bit different. And so the main thing that I'm obsessed with is a custom look for that model, which means a custom look for that client. Because if she were my bride, that's how a custom look. And by custom, I mean, that's what her hair does. That's how her hair behaves for me. Like I make it behave a certain way, but her hair also kind of directs me some as well. And also inspires me during the styling process. So I get really excited about who's going to sit down in my chair next. So I think the excitement of that, like, it's kind of like opening presents on Christmas. Like, what's in here? So I get excited about the head of hair that I get to work with. So that keeps me motivated. So it's all about the. It's always been all about the client for me. And that's why I teach, because I want the clients to get a great outcome, especially, especially their wedding day, let alone prom. And if you're educated, then you can go in there and you can do these high stress situations and take care of these clients who really out of all of the days in their life that day, they really do need to feel beautiful. And that's our jobs.
0: I love that. So you see kind of the unexpected in whatever is going to come in that door (laughs) as an opportunity rather than perhaps a challenge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, Yeah, the worst thing is if it's like totally caked down with coconut oil. And then I'm like, oh, great. What am I going to do now? But other than that, yeah, I get excited about it as an opportunity. Absolutely. Because um, it's going to make my techniques look a little different. I'm excited to see how it turns out.
0: How long did it take you to have that confidence? Again, for someone who's listening, who's maybe in the earlier stages of their career, or maybe whether it's in social media or hair or bridal, uh, who's maybe not quite there yet. Like, when did that happen for you?
1: Okay, I mean, there was literally a time I was running out the door to go do a prom and I had no idea how to do a fringe twist. But thank God you for YouTube. And I looked it up and I went and I nailed it. And probably that day, I was like, okay, I can study something and then I can do it. Like, I know it makes a lot, it's like pretty simple. So um, probably that day. But before that, I mean, I was really winging it. But I think my technique, like the techniques that I do, they're, it's different than like perfect placement of curls, like one at a time. Like for me, that's so overwhelming. And I feel like that's where I'll, I'll get overwhelmed and not keep my head on straight and start messing up the hairstyle. So the way I do it is with a lot of braids and then sliding them up and it just creates this cool texture. It's kind of foolproof. And, and then I just work a lot with shapes. And so I think the confidence actually comes from some of those techniques And then the other confidence is, this is funny, is when I work weddings, like a lot of people are like, Oh, my God, weddings are so stressful. Well, my brain tends to be a little bit busy, we'll say. (laughs) And so when I am at a wedding, I'm not the most hectic thing there. And so it's kind of like, I'm able to be calm because now there's all this like chaos around me and it's a place where I can kind of chill out. So I'm not the one like, ah, it's them for once. So, <laughs> so it's actually kind of a calm place for me. And I, and I feel confident there because I know that I'm able to not only for that reason, but when I go into a wedding to do a wedding, I think, or a workshop, I'm like, okay, how patient can I be? how calm can I remain? This is a challenge. And so, uh, I come, the confidence comes with that because that's pretty impressive to be able to stay, mm-hmm. stay cool at a wedding. And so the fact that I can kind of do that naturally, that gave me a lot of confidence.
0: That's great because I, I, I get sweaty thinking about being a guest at a wedding. So I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> being in it's, the wedding party or worse doing the hair for the wedding. Yeah.
1: It's crazy.
0: Talk a little bit about, um, Mentors and role models. It sounds like you've had some important people in your life. And you may have had some people in your life that you don't know or that you look at from afar. Kind of big picture um, for our audience, um, what role does a mentor or a role model play in a career and any thoughts that you have on those who might have played a big role in yours?
1: So I really honestly haven't had any, like no one like step up and be like, I'm your mentor, or anybody that I really looked up to like that. Initially, um, my mentor, her name was Candice, her is Candace. She's the one that taught me about charge it, they'll pay. And I knew that. So kind of she was my mentor, even though she's younger than me. She's a brilliant stylist, and um, I knew that she wanted me to do well. I knew she wanted me to succeed, and that's all I knew, and that's all I needed, was that someone out there cared about my success, and then I took it from there. A lot of it's my – the way I look at it is a lot of it's it's my job to motivate myself. It's my job to get out there and hustle, learn these things. Like, it's my responsibility, Um, and then I would say Jen Atkin because she's like this machine. It's just impressive to watch. So that's somebody that I kind of look up to as far as as that goes. And then I'm obsessed with Georgie Cott because he's just like a God, (laughs) <laughs> he's this russian hairstylist it's unbelievable i'm obsessed
0: so i'm talking actively right now with his american manager alice nice. and yeah. so i'm hoping to to see georgia Kott in june he's going to be in la and new york yeah. and i I'm, saw
1: him last year
0: oh you did mm-hmm. i am um, i'm i'm really I, i'm kind of a little obsessed with him myself you know mm-hmm. i the history of my life in, in the hair business i my early days, I grew up at Pivot Point. Pivot Point was very involved in competition hair, and yes. so when I saw Georgie Kot, I was, it felt very familiar. You know, I was you know he's Russian, but I didn't always understand what he was saying on his page. But I saw that hair, and I was like, I know this hair. So right. I I was really excited by it, and now I see other people kind of emulating some of it. But he's got over a million followers.
1: Oh, he's just like a national treasure. He really, he's they love him, and I love him.
0: I love that, and I and I love that. You know, um, again going back to your you know, quote unquote, mentor, um, that maybe wasn't a mentor, uh, but that gave you that confidence, that little bit of just mm-hmm. that little bit of advice, that little bit of of connection kind of set you on fire, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. It did.
0: So you're in the education business, and I know that um, education clearly is close to your heart. It's been, I'm sure, a big part of how you've actually gotten to where you are today by educating yourself. Talk a little bit about the to the audience about how they should be viewing education for growing their careers.
1: 100%. Basically, they should be viewing education to grow their careers. Um, that's kind of back to that why question. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, for me, okay, so for me with education, I was terrified to do to be asked to do a certain style that I didn't know how to do. So that's where education was huge for me. I was like, that is not going to happen. So it's a bit of that com- competitive thing, like I need to be the best. Um, but also I think it's a professional outlook is that I do need to not necessarily be the best, but I need to be really good at what I do. And I, because I need my client back to the client, I need my client to feel comfortable. And if I'm bumbling around, and don't know what I'm doing, and excusing myself to go look in a, a eight minute YouTube video in the bathroom, you know, I need to be prepared basically. So that's going to help me in the long run and help me keep my cool when it's go time, because I've taken the time to invest in education. And, and I do, I, I go, I've gone to Georgie I went to Jen Atkin class in New York last year, you know, so, you know, I, I walk the walk as well as talk the talk. I love education. I plan on going to a lot more this year,
0: too. So I'm going to begin to wrap up so much stuff we could talk for another probably oh two, two hours. We're going to have to do a part two for sure. We barely got started. So <laughs> I, I
1: know we haven't talked much about digital.
0: No, we haven't. So we're going to have to do another one that's all digital. But actually, there was a okay. lot. There was more in here than you realize. We had, we had okay, a lot yeah. of really good stuff. And so speaking about education, we need to let you give a plug for your educational platform, your subscription service, if you will, all the good stuff you're doing you're now making available online. So tell our audience about that.
1: Okay, so I started a subscription site about a year ago, and it's up to 27 videos now. And when I started it, I put my four main videos on there. So classic bridal updo, the Dutch three strand braid, the Dutch fishtail, and my classic prep video. So Those are all the hairstyles and the prep work that I have utilized time and time again. They've gotten the highest engagement on social media. So it's not just like, you know, like these are what I think, like they are statistically analytically what you need to know first. And ironically, Gordon, they're the top four most popular videos on the site. That is what people are naturally gravitating towards. Again, that's because analytically they're the top engaging uh, textures and shapes and prep work that's out that's out there for me on like my site and that is at www.heatherchapmanhaironline.com and i release two videos a month i'm trying to get up to 100 videos and once i get there i'm gonna refilm everything to make it look super duper profesh but right now it's iphone vids which look totally fine and you get a lot of really good education. So the education is the same that I've been teaching in my workshops over the last few years.
0: Good stuff. And again, I love that you got all geeky there. And, and really what you're talking about is, is, <laughs> is what's called crowdsourcing. You know, crowdsourcing is the idea that, you know, all this stuff comes together online that people make choices. And when you aggregate all those choices, they tell a story. And so um, really cool stuff. Thank you. To begin to wrap up, let me ask you something I ask of every guest, which is, you know, what are you currently, you know, listening to, viewing, reading, obsessing about that you might want to share with our audience?
1: Okay. So I'm currently listening to podcasts. Um, Of course, the American Salon one. I do get pretty geeky about that every Monday. I'm like, where is it? And then um, I also like a podcast called Fat Mascara. So I really like those. And um, I'm watching Better Call Saul. I'm obsessed. Yay! <laughs> Let me represent for New Mexico the 505. Um, and then I'm reading. Can I can I say a gentle cuss word because yes. it's the title? Okay, it's called Yoga Bitch by Suzanne Morrison, and it's unbelievable. It's written so well. It's very funny, and she goes to Bali, and it's an amazing book. It's called Yoga Bitch.
0: Good stuff. I, I, I yeah, great <laughs> recommendations. Thank you. The, uh, so, tell us how people can find you online across different platforms.
1: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Heather Chapman Hair. On Snapchat under Updo Educator. And again, on my subscription site, Heather
0: And I recommend that everybody go follow Heather if you're not already one of the 500,000 plus. You know, please join the crowd. Heather Chapman at Heather Chapman Hair, my geek buddy and an uber talented educator and artist. You know, thank you so much for being here with us today on the American Salon Stories podcast. It was a pleasure.
1: Gordon. I'm completely honored. And I can't wait for part two when we do the digital podcast.
0: Coming soon to a podcast near near you. you.
1: American salon podcast. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And we'll be back next week with another American salon stories podcast. In the meantime, we hope you'll follow us on Instagram, where we are known as at American underscore salon, also at facebook.com forward slash American salon. That's all one word. And of course, on AmericanSalon.com, where you can also subscribe to our free newsletter, Your Daily Beauty Fix. This is American Salon publisher, Gordon Miller, and I can't wait to bring you more American Salon stories next week.